Hey sickos, I'm LJ. And I'm Tao. And this is Say Psycho Right Now. Say Psycho Right Now is a true crime and paranormal podcast. Some content may be considered disturbing or graphic. This podcast also contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. To access our socials or become a Patreon member with access to early episodes and bonus content, find us on any social media platform and consult the link tree in our bio or go to www.patreon.com slash psycho right now. You can also follow us on our socials or wherever you stream your podcasts and leave a five-star review if you're enjoying our content so we can continue to reach more people. This is a great free way to support your favorite content creators. Case suggestions or stories to share can also be sent to saypsychorightnow at gmail.com. Now let's get into today's episode. Yay! Hey, back for season two. Season two, season two, season two. I am so excited. I will say, and you guys will find out a little bit later, we did a bonus episode for Patreon that's coming out this week that talks a little bit about like the stuff that's going on in our personal lives a little bit. But just because things have been chaotic is a nice way of putting it. Yeah. Um, okay. understatement of the fucking year, but yeah, <laughs> I've been like excited to record, but also dreading it because I just like a lot has been going on, you know. But like, I want to get back in the business, and now that I'm actually sitting down and doing it, like, God, I'm hyped to be here. I did have to um get a little violent with her. Um, I literally texted earlier this week and i was like if we haven't recorded anything by friday you have permission to start bullying me and on friday she's like okay i'm here to bully you we absolutely i literally said let the bullying commence <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i'm so glad it did because i was I like you said something to the effect of you stupid fucking whore i'm asking you to sit <laughs> up and 
speak into a microphone. <laughs> She's like, I will be the notes person. Now, literally, all you have to do is get commentary. And I'm like, hey, I guess I can find it in me. <laughs> yeah. And well, now that we're like, sitting here, I'm like, oh, I got my coffee. I have my little calendar app, my email. Oh, my email. I love the email. Oh, she loves her email. So, so glad to be back with you guys. So thrilled. And we do want to just go ahead and give a big thank you to our active Patreons, especially those who did. Did we keep all our patrons through the break? I think we had one person who dropped off, which is super valid. It's fine. Yeah, we um, we told you guys to do that. But yeah, the fact that 99% of you, I mean, I don't know the actual percent, that's probably not right. But I like, mean, we only had seven patrons and we retained six. So, yeah, so I'm happy. Shout out you guys. That yes. is fantastic that all of you stuck with us while there was literally no content to be put out and we so appreciate it because obviously you know anybody that's ever created content or run any kind of business knows that just because we're not putting out content doesn't mean that the expenses stop yeah exactly we've we've been paying all the bills like usual to keep things going yeah and a lot of a lot of things that we use are subscription-based Mm-hmm. Um, so monthly of course monthly. and then yeah. um you know like we said this was never intended to be like our big grand vacation i mean we have been outlining and outlining and outlining to get to the point where we can sit down and like bulk record so we've been yeah. working really hard and juggling some pretty big things in our you know, personal lives and full-time jobs and stuff. So we really appreciate you guys rolling with our little intermission so that we could give you guys the type of season two that we want, which is going to have a lot more bonus content for our Patreon. I also really want to shout out specifically Melinda Clinton. We connected on Facebook, just networking. She has a business called Flower Mound Escape. You guys should all take a minute and check that out. But she subscribed to our Patreon. She's been a Patreon for a couple of months now and actually subscribed right as we were going on intermission and has given us case suggestions. You guys are going to hear some of that in season two. And I do want to just go down our active list of Patreons real quick just to you know, and really highlight all of you guys. And she's been so incredibly engaged and we really appreciate that. Yeah, she's super active on our socials, which we always appreciate. And not new Patreons, but Patreons. We just want to, you know, personally thank all of you. Shelly Spencer, Rachel Baker, Astrocat, Aaron Liggett, Yesenia Guerrero, and Julie Babel. So thank you guys again so, so much. And hopefully we'll get more Patreons as we go throughout this season. I do think it would be worthwhile before we get into the episode just to tell you guys a little bit about what our schedule is going to be like for Patreons this season. So on the first... And the third Tuesday of every month, we are going to have our off-topic Tuesdays, which are exactly what they sound like. We'll pick something we want to talk about 
either things that have happened or are happening in our lives or current events. Could be any number of things, but it's we'll... usually just a shit show of me and LJ bitching and yapping at each other. But it's a fun time. You should check it out. It is. And, you know, if you're one of those people who likes the aspect of like feeling like you're sitting down and hanging out with your friends, this is where you kind of like just get to know us and get to hang out. Like, yeah, it, it's fun. Now, on the second Tuesday of the month, you guys are going to get what the fuck is going on in Colorado. We've seen some just like wild cases out of Colorado. And once we picked up on the pattern, we were like, Okay, this is just going to be like a series for now until shit stops happening in Colorado, I guess. Yeah. Or until if you decide to change it up. If you're from Colorado, comment. What the fuck is going on in Colorado? Let me know. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I need to know like what the hell's going on out there. And then on the fourth Tuesday of the month, okay. Uh, you guys are going to get a following crime episode, which is the little series that we do where we are picking a case to cover from every state, every country where we have followers, and we're highlighting those. I think ours for this month is going to be a case that we're covering from Alaska. It's uh, it is Robert we, we call ass, it Robert Ash. Stupid ass. So yes, if you and this is this is not a new case. This is an older case. So if you're a true crime junkie, you may have heard this one before. And if you've heard it, you know why we call him Robert Ass, stupid ass Hansen. There's just a lot going on there. There's a there's a lot. He has a he had a lot going on in the seventies. But you know. Yeah. So including including a pretty like scandalous plane scandal which if you're not new here if you are new here welcome but if you're not new here you know that toe loves what planes <laughs> big metal birds <laughs> big metal birds toe loves planes so i was really thrilled to write about that plane scandal and i hope you guys enjoy the plane scandal part of it as much as i did on no i feel like that's a really good segue actually for the additional bonus content that we're doing uh, this season. There is LJ. Wham. Thanks for setting that up for me, baby cakes. So we have another series that we're going to do. Right now we have it on the calendar for Thursdays, but I'm like, do we want it Thursdays? Do we want it Wednesdays? Maybe drop a comment and let me know, Patreons, because we're yeah. a little like flexible on that, I guess. We're calling it... Well, maybe we should just do Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, we wear yellow jackets. That's better than on Thursdays, we wear yellow jackets, right? Okay. Is that yeah. how we decide things? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Let me know. Let us so, know. It, many of you guys have probably heard of yellow jackets. I don't know if you've watched it or not. A lot of people enjoy the series. If you haven't, or if you have, because I've already seen it, I'm re-watching it. Toe is watching it for the first time. Yeah. Basically, the premise of the show Not is... usually a TV person, but LJ was like, Toe, there's a plane. There is a plane. There is, there is a plane. <laughs> and I feel like she would appreciate giving commentary on the plane. I might have manipulated her a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> so the whole premise is that there is this girl's high school soccer team, right? 
and they're going to nationals. They get on a plane and the plane goes down in the Canadian wilderness and then they have to survive. Obviously, you know, people die. There's, you know, survival aspect. There's also like culty, like witchy stuff going on. There's some good old fashioned cannibalism. And then simultaneously, like we're watching two timelines, right? We're watching the timeline of high school with all Mm -hmm. of this panning out. And then we're also watching a current timeline where we're seeing the survivors of this incident in real time. They're like murder scandals and mystery and again, like just cultiness type stuff going on on the current timeline as well. And and there's just a lot going on. It's really cool. If you like true crime and you like spooky stuff, which is like our brand, then I feel like you would be interested in this show and maybe following it with us. So yeah, maybe do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then also Patreon still always get episodes early on fridays for our regular episode instead of getting them on mondays yeah come hang out in the patreon squad it's a fun time tiers starting at three dollars a month i think that's about everything that we have for that are we ready to get into this disturbing case yeah okay lg's gonna hate it um (laughs) but yeah so today's case is Probably a case a lot of you have heard of. It is big in the news right now. And this is going to be the case of Alexi Treviso. I'm sure many of you have seen the viral body cam footage. I know personally I saw the body cam footage circulating on social media and it piqued my interest. And that's what made me want to take a deeper dive into this case. And What I found is, honestly, it's fucked up, guys. Now, as you know, we're not trigger warning people, but, you know, in cases with children involved, we do want to, we do usually add a little disclaimer that this case does involve the killing of an infant. So if that's not your jam, I mean, it's nobody's jam. Oh, I hated that. (laughs) It's nobody's jam, but, like, if that makes you accept cases with kids yeah then exit stage left right about now. so just for those that are not familiar with the case a brief rundown alexi is a 19 year old woman from new mexico who is being charged with murder after she threw her newborn baby boy in the trash y'all at the hospital at the fucking hospital like which, inside the for hospital. For those of in- you who don't know, which I feel like most people do, I feel like this is just common knowledge. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong. Hospitals are safe havens. Like you can surrender a baby, no questions asked at right. all. And this ho- and this hospital did offer that. Right. This the, this particular hospital question. I don't think every single hospital offers that. I think most of them do. Maybe I don't know, but I, I know for a fact that thought- this one did. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe, like, let let me know if if I am. Like, listeners, if, if you guys happen to have, like, expansive knowledge on this. But I thought that common 
like in the United States, at least, right? Yeah. I thought that designated safe haven spots are hospitals and fire stations. No questions asked. Yeah. I, I don't. And I let's think. Let's Google it. I don't know. That's a good question. But I do know that this specific hospital was. What are baby safe havens, United States? Um. The purpose of safe haven laws is to ensure that relinquished infants are left with persons who can provide the immediate care needed for their safety and well-being. Approximately seven states require parents to relinquish their infants only to a hospital, emergency medical services provider, or health care facility. Let's see. Safe heaven laws, also known in some states as baby Moses laws in reference to the religious scripture, are statutes in the U.S. that decriminalize the leaving of unharmed infants with statutorily designated private persons so that the child becomes a ward of the state. Hmm. How many U.S. states have safe haven laws? Although the infant safe haven law varies from state to state, all 50 states, the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, all have safe haven legislature. However, it is critical that parents looking to surrender their infant through the infant safe haven law are aware of their state's statutes and guidelines. So it sounds like there's some variation from state to state. But every state does have safe haven options. Options, right. right. And then, like I said, in my research, I know for a fact that this hospital did offer that. So mm. fucking deplorable. Right. Fucking deplorable. There was no reason for it. I mean, she was she was inside the hospital. I, I don't know if she was technically admitted at that point, but she was in emergency. She was in a room was one of those, you know, typical little one-person bathrooms that you see back in the patient care areas of the hospital. We've all seen them. If you've been to the ER, you know, at any point in your life. So, okay, yeah, fucked up already, right off the bat. So basically in this episode today, we're going to be taking a deep dive into this case that has made headlines across the nation. And we are going to be asking ourselves questions such as, did Alexi know she was pregnant? Did her mom know? And why this family now believes they have a case for a wrongful death suit. Get out of here, the audacity. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Actually, I should mention, too, this is going to be a two-part episode. So more of that wrongful death situation is going to be covered in part two. Part one is going to be just the facts of the events what happened in January of 2023. Right. Okay. So we're going to be looking into all of this. This is going to be wild. Buckle up. So in January of 2023, Alexi Treviso was a senior in high school and a varsity cheerleader. Now, we don't know a whole lot about her early childhood, except for just that her parents were divorced and she lived with her mother. Now, I think it's important to touch on the dynamic between Alexi and her mother here for just a minute, because as I was working on this case, it became pretty obvious to me that it's a little strange. Right. So it would appear to me that although 19, 
eight-year-old Alexi is a legal adult, the dynamic between her and her mother was very much, nope, you're still a kid, you're under my roof, you're in school, you follow my rules. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't wholeheartedly disagree with that, but I think where it applies to this situation, it gets a little weird. And those of you that have seen the body cam footage circulating across social media, I think you know what I'm talking about. I'm going to try and share some of it to our socials because just just watch the video. Now, as I reviewed a lot of, again, this footage that related to this case, Alexi's mother seemed almost overbearing, in my opinion. And, and I think that really plays an important role in, in the case. Right. Now, so on January 26th, 2023, Alexi came home from cheer practice as normal and went to sleep. She woke up a short time later complaining of severe pain in her lower back, at which point her mother took her to the emergency room at Artesia General Hospital. Now, with lower back pain going on, the doctors thought she could potentially have a UTI or a kidney infection, something like that. As we know, if you're a person with a uterus and you've ever turned up in the emergency room for any ailment in your midsection, in your torso... It's pretty par for the course when any young woman turns up in the emergency department that the doctor is going to ask if there's any chance of pregnancy. Right. Alexi and her mother both deny that there was any chance of pregnancy, and Alexi went so far as to tell the doctors that she was still a virgin. Oh, yeah. Her- mm-hmm. Absolutely. Her mother went on to add that there's no way she could be pregnant as she had been buying pads for her every month. Right. Now, one does not equal the other. Yeah, I don't know. Jesus. Now, the doctors did want to do a pregnancy test anyways, just for the sake of being thorough. And also because, you know, we've seen this film before, right? Right. And especially with mom in the room. Even, you know, even though she is adult, she's she's barely an adult. She's still technically a teenager. Teenage girl's going to lie with mom in the room. So they run the pregnancy test along with some other basic labs, as is customary. And in the meantime, they administer pain meds to keep her comfortable while they wait for the results. Now, in later police interviews, the doctors and nurses that were tasked with Alexi's care that night said that about 45 minutes to an hour later the pregnancy test did come back positive now this part there's a little bit of confusion about and i i i want to clarify that the staff were not interviewed other than like the initial like contact with the police they had initial contact with the police and kind of gave them the brief rundown of the situation But they didn't do the formal interview of the entire staff until like three months later. So I can see why there may be some very minor discrepancies in Mm -hmm. little things like this. Given recall isn't the most reliable to begin with, but then you have any sizable amount of time pass. Right. And and... these people deal with how many patients in an evening. Oh, for sure. So... Something simple as whether or not test results were delivered can easily get lost in translation. So we don't know for sure 
whether or not the staff had informed Alexi and her mother of the prior pregnancy, uh, sorry, of the positive pregnancy test Mm -hmm. prior to what's about to happen next. Right. So regardless, at around 1.39 a.m. with her mother and hospital staff in the room, Alexi described an intense urge to go to the bathroom. Now, security footage shows her running towards the bathroom, holding her backside. And about a minute later, it shows her mother, Rosa, going to check on her. She had the door locked. She was, again, it was like one of those, like, single-person bathrooms. Now, we don't know exactly what was said here when her, like, through the door when her mother went to check on her. But the security footage does show what appears to be Rosa, you know, like I said, having a conversation with her daughter through the door. So Rosa walks back to the hospital room and after Alexi had been in the bathroom for about 10 minutes, Rosa walks back to check on her again before once again walking back to the room. One of the nurses also went several times to check on Alexi. He knocked on the door and asked if she needed anything and she said that she was fine. At some point, he sort of stands and waits outside of the restroom and he says that he starts to hear the paper towel dispenser, the sink running, and the toilet flushing all to somewhat of an extent, excessive extent. And eventually he does inform Alexi that she either needs to come out or he's coming in. So he goes and collects the key to this restroom. And just as he's about to unlock the door and go in, Alexi emerges from the restroom. As she emerged, the nurse walked into the bathroom and, and immediately noticed a large amount of blood on the floor and the wall behind the toilet. He said it clearly looked as if she had tried to wipe it up. He asked Alexi what had happened, to which she replied, I'm on my period, and walked off. Ma'am. Literally, my jaw just dropped. Ma'am. Okay. And like... Okay. Okay. Like, aside from the fact that, you know, whatever, I feel like she's a piece of shit, right? Does she really think that medical professionals, like a whole team of doctors, can't figure out the difference between being on your period versus dumping a dead baby that you just delivered in a bathroom? Correct. Okay. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Okay. Good talk. Bad job you doing your thinking job, Alexi. Maybe don't go to college. Oh, oddly enough, she is actually committed to a university for the fall. <laughs> the way that my face just made a face, like the yeah. university's letting her go too. Like, yeah, I, I, okay, I, okay. I, that was last I heard. I don't know if that situation has changed. You know, but I digress. She uh, obviously was accepted with this same brain that concocted this scheme. Great. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, at this time, the nurse also claims that he did look into the trash can to see if he could see anything, but saw only a fresh and completely empty trash bag. Now... The staff, of course, wasn't buying the period story, and they just naturally assumed that she had had a miscarriage, which 
I don't blame them. I think that's a pretty, like with the information they have, that's a pretty logical deduction to make. Right. I don't think your brain would immediately go, oh, she yeah. killed her baby in the bathroom. Obviously. No, and I, like, I don't think anybody that like got the positive pregnancy test assumed that she was full term. Right. Right. Um, it's also said that she came into the emergency room wearing quite a baggy sweatshirt and mm-hmm. she was reluctant to allow the staff to examine her anything in the midsection, basically anything under the baggy sweatshirt. Right. But, you know, she didn't know. Right. right. Okay. Yeah. And so at this point, the nurses called for housekeeping to clean up the horror scene in the bathroom. Now, when the housekeeping staff member went to remove the trash, she called for one of the nurses to assist her, stating that it was really heavy. Now, what I think is an interesting note here is that the nurse who saw Alexi leave the bathroom stated that the trash can appeared completely empty, but the housekeeper was still emptying it. I'm honestly not sure what's up with and I don't want to make any allegations against the hospital staff, but I just thought that it was interesting. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was like... Wait. Yeah. I mean, unless... Oh, I guess unless, like, when she was cleaning it, she used the trash can to dispose of, like, whatever she was using to clean it and then was going to take the trash out. I... Okay, maybe I just have a little pea brain, but yeah. I am, like, not wrapping my head around this. Can we backtrack? Okay. So, so the nurse that checked the bathroom after Alexi came out okay. said, said that there was a completely brand new trash bag in the trash can. Before or after Alexi went in? After. Okay, so Alexi goes in, and then immediately after, the nurse replaces the bag. No, 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 no. He looked in Why the trash. Why is my brain? So what had actually, so what, so what we find out later had actually happened is she stuffed the baby okay. in the bottom of the trash can and then put a new bag over top to make it look like it was a fresh oh, bag. Hey, that's what, because I knew that the baby was found in the trash because I've yeah. seen like headlines. Yeah. And that's what was throwing me off. I was like, but where so, was the, okay, yeah. that makes so more they sense. Had, so they had fresh trash bags stored somewhere in the bathroom. She found okay. him, put a new, kind of stuffed him in the bottom with some paper towels and some other he was also wrapped in a trash bag another trash bag okay and then kind of put a new trash bag okay in the, you know to make it look like it was a fresh bag i understand okay you know, that makes way more sense sorry that i overcomplicated that so so the, but the housekeeper was still taking out the trash for some reason so i don't know if maybe she used that trash can while she was cleaning up and that's why she was taking out the trash okay. Um, you know, again, I don't want to make any allegations of. Or I mean, like, let's hospital because I don't think that's the case. I, I my brain also goes right because there was blood that was tried to be cleaned up. If there was like blood contamination on okay. the bag, right? Yeah, Just no, that's touch valid. Contamination, then, then that would be considered a biohazard, and they would remove that. So that does make sense to that's me. That's a checkout. Okay. Yeah. Great job using your noodle, LJ. Um, might go to college about it. Okay. Well, as long as you're not doing any murdering, fine. Um, and if you are going to do murdering, at least, like, maybe not babies and maybe not, like, 
in such an idiotic fashion. I just think I'll like maybe just not do it. Yeah, I mean that would be my first choice, but I'm just giving you an option. Right. So the housekeeper, like I said, she went to remove the trash bag. She called for one of the nurses to assist her. She said it was really heavy. The nurse came to the aid of the housekeeper and agreed that the trash bag seems unusually heavy. They removed the fresh liner to find a bunch of paper towels and several bunched up trash bags, which they subsequently removed as well, only to find, to their absolute horror, a full-term newborn baby wrapped in another plastic trash bag. So freaking sad. Uh, in her police interview, the nurse went on to describe that the bag had been twisted and twisted closed and was tight against the baby's face. Um, she quickly called for her charge nurse, who took the baby immediately into a trauma bay, opened up the bag, and called for the doctor. Now, the staff pretty quickly was able to determine that, unfortunately, the little boy was beyond saving, and no life-saving measures were performed. Oh, um, so sad. Police were immediately called, and when they arrived, the charge nurse begins to explain the situation. At this point, the doctor tells the officer that they still need to inform Alexi that they found her baby in the trash. Right. Alexi immediately starts saying, I'm sorry, it came out of me, I didn't know what to do, it wasn't crying or anything. So basically, right. she's trying to claim that the baby was stillborn. Right. Um, which, still, pull the like fucking... Like, at that point, yeah, help me, fucking down. You're yeah. in a hospital. Yeah, you, you have like lunatic. 50 options before I mean, what she decided. You also know that at 19, you know that CPR is a thing that exists. If your baby comes out and it's not breathing, you're not a medical professional. You're not qualified to declare him dead. But you could literally just open the door or pull on a thing and ba have babies, a medical professional. In babies the come and out and don't cry all the time and live to yeah. tell the tale. Absolutely. It's not a. Is it scary? Yes, but it's not an uncommon thing and it's not necessarily an unsurvivable event. No, I mean, it took my older daughter a second. You know, they had to... Yeah. I mean, it, not like... It wasn't like a super prolonged, drawn-out thing. But I would say we were at like 30 seconds, which in that situation feels like... It feels like forever and it was probably terrifying. Yeah, and you're kind of like, what's going on? And... But I mean, they they got her crying, and then she, and you know, yeah, it, we I mean, we're fine. We're it fine happens. because they, there were doctors there. <laughs> it happens. They need their little lungs stimulated sometimes. Um, so, the doctor proceeds to explain to Alexi and her mother that they need to make sure she's stable, medically speaking, as she is having quite a bit of bleeding, and because she gave birth in a bathroom like a jacket sorry i'm being petty they don't know whether or not she's delivered the placenta at this point right so she informs alexi and her mother that she'll need to be transferred to another hospital for further care and initially she asks rosa to consent to this at which point the charge nurse reminds the doctor that alexi is 19 years old a legal adult her mother chimes in and says but she's a student though which of course has no relevance and I believe it also speaks to the dynamic that we spoke about earlier. 
several other questions and comments are exchanged, including Rosa asking how big the baby was, to which the charge nurse replied that it was full term. And I will say out of out of all like this whole exchange, when the charge nurse tells Rosa that the baby was full term, she did express what I perceive to be genuine shock. I don't think she was shocked so much that Alexi was pregnant, whether she knew for a fact or she just had her suspicion. But when she right. found out that, that this baby was full term, I, I perceived that to be genuine shock. I don't think she knew that. But also, I don't know because I can see her being the kind of mom that would do anything to protect her kid, even when her kid does something terrible. Right. Um, now, at this, at this point, police do inform Alexi that she is detained and that she is not free to leave. Uh, medically speaking, she wasn't able to, even if she really wanted to, but mm -hmm. they're just letting her know, hey, if the doctors say that you can leave, you still can't. Now, I want to touch on Alexi's behavior during this encounter for a minute. She kept going on saying it wasn't crying. Nothing was crying. She kept calling it it and saying nothing was crying. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, I just think that's a like, little bit not annoying. the right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine she would have to like giving birth to the baby. She would have to like clearly see that it was a boy. Right. I don't know, I don't know how you could miss that. Yeah. I feel like that's just something that you would notice with your face eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. In addition to that. Just like I said, Rosa looked genuinely shocked when they when the charge nurse said the baby was full term. Alexi tried to display like a look of shock as well, but it's like, man, you didn't know that was a whole baby that came out of you, right? Like, please, I can see like if you had no prenatal care, which I'm assuming she didn't, um, you probably didn't know exactly how many weeks you were, but. I mean, you knew. You knew that was a whole right. entire baby and not just like, like a little blip. Right. Um, police body cam footage then shows that Rosa proceeds to exit and re-enter the hospital room several times, grilling Alexi as to what exactly happened in that bathroom, asking questions such as, what did you do with the baby? Do you realize you could go to jail for this? She's also telling Alexi, like, I told you to tell me the truth. So that's indicative that maybe she had some level of hunch as to right. what was going on but she told the doctors it wasn't possible so that's like mm, shady mom so after this alexia is life flighted to the other hospital for further treatment and more police body cam footage shows an officer speaking with rosa once again with several other people present this time and what appears to be some sort of hospital waiting area Right. Also present there with Rosa are Alexi's boyfriend, the father of her baby, Devin Fierro, and his mother. Rosa is seen bombarding the officer with questions about whether or not Alexi is going to be taken to jail. And this seems to be her primary concern over anything having to do with her now deceased grandchild. Right. Um, the officer basically just explains to Rosa that they will need to wait for autopsy results for the DA to decide what, if any, charges will be filed. 
The officer briefs the family on what to expect as far as the autopsy process and afterlife care for the baby. And Rosa asked the officer if she should retain a lawyer for her daughter, to which the officer replies, you can if you want. I can't tell you what to do. Throughout the whole encounter that night with the police, Rosa's primary concern is, is Alexi going to be arrested? Is she going to jail? Is she going to be charged? And she asks this, you know, these same questions worded differently about 20 different times. Right. Which just tells you what her concern is. And that's where I, that's where I say, you know, I think she's the kind of mom that would lie to protect her kid. Like, 100%. Right. Which, like, I get. I get being mama bear, but your daughter is a murderer, so. Yeah, there, there are lines, you know. There are just... lines. I mean... And I think it's okay to still love your child. Through, like, you're not going to stop loving your child even after they did something awful. But I think you also need to hold them accountable and say, I'm sorry, baby. You did this. And now you have to face the music. Absolutely. But uh, with that being said, I think this is a good spot to wrap up part one. As I mentioned earlier, this was just the facts as far as what happened in the hospital emergency department on that evening. In part two, we're going to get into what transpired in the following months. Up to and including autopsy results, Alexi's arrest, and the charges that she's now facing, as well as the wrongful death lawsuit that's apparently now been filed. Because why? Huh. A lot to unpack in part two. So thanks for letting us kind of like set the stage, get back into season two. Yeah. And, you know, consider popping on over to our patreon if you're not already there's just gonna be so much good content over there you guys for season two so yeah. and for this episode you will get access to part two immediately you will not have to wait yes. next week if you are a patreon yeah awesome okay Toodle. bye, bye.